Morning, Fin Maniacs. Jason Sarney here, and this is the morning after the NFL schedule release, and that's why we have our Outsiders crew, Chip Turner and Sean Williams, here to talk about it. So let's bring on in Chip Turner. What is the schedule looking like to you, sir? Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Sean. Uh, the schedule release uh, was, I think, overall a positive thing. I think most Miami Dolphins fans should be happy about it. Uh, we're going to go over it individually week by week and uh, say who we who we think is going to win the, the games, why we think they're going to win the games, and then give a quick overview of the record at the end of that. Uh, Sean, how are you doing? What you got going on, bud? I'm good. Just uh, just waking up to start my day. Got my first coffee. Um, analyzing the schedule and – my biggest takeaway is uh, Dolphins fans really have nothing to complain about. This is one of the more favorable Dolphin schedules I have seen in a long time. Uh, we're not we're not playing in the cold. That that's huge for us. I feel yep. like every year we get stuck in Buffalo and or New England. Uh, this year, no such no such issue there. Uh, we get Buffalo out of the way in October. I think end of October. Yep. Um, Halloween, actually. New England is first first game of the year, so uh, I'm excited. Uh, if you would like to uh, lead us off with week one, I'm ready yeah. to go. Well, here's the thing, and this is I'm gonna I'm gonna start off on on a down note because um, I honestly think that Miami drops their first game, and the reasoning behind this is I'm working under the assumption that Cam Newton is going to start. And the thinking is that Bill Belichick usually starts off fairly well. He does not lose a whole lot of season openers. He's an excellent coach. I think this will be the game where Tua's training wheels are officially removed now that Ryan Fitzpatrick is gone. I think simply a the voice of experience is going to win out this one. I think it's going to be a very close game. But I think it's going to be a game that Tua shows that he has some semblance of the being the Dolphins quarterback of the future. But I think they dropped the opener. I am going to play devil's advocate. Okay. And I'm going to lump in week one and I'm going to lump in week two. Here's, here's why I like this for Miami. And here's why I like getting the away game at New England done week one and why I feel confident cautiously confident with week two and that's neither of those teams will have any film on Miami to go off of uh this is not the same Miami Dolphins offense from last year Mm -hmm. this will not be the same Tua Tungavailoa from last year we have just a complete makeover of our offense and they have no film on what that 12 personnel is going to look like. They have no film on what that RPO is going to look like. They have no film on how Miami might use Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller. I, I'm going to take the other stance. I'm going to say we 
give Bill Belichick a little punch in the mouth week one. Uh, and I'm going to be cautiously optimistic for week two. Uh, I, I got in an argument with uh, my brother. I obviously live in upstate New York uh, in the heart of Bill's country. And he seems to think it should be a walk in the park for Buffalo to sweep the division like they did last year. And I just don't see that. I kind of look at doing something like that as an anomaly. I think the Patriots got better. I think the Dolphins got better. I even think the Jets got better. So they can go from uh, one or two wins to maybe three or four. But uh, I'm liking it. I, I see a lot of optimism in those first two challenging games. Gotcha. So you have them winning both those games. I don't know that I have them winning either of those games. I'm just not, <laughs> I'm just not going to, when week one shows, and obviously we got to get through training camp and injuries and stuff like that. Right. But as the roster stands now, when we show up to new England in week one, I'm feeling nothing but confidence. Uh, Ask me after week one how I feel going into week two, but I'm not I'm not going into New England afraid by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I think afraid would be a stretch. Definitely not afraid of New England at this point in time. Um, but also keep in mind that that is the one game that Miami is known that we will not have Will Fuller on the flank. Uh, so that's the, that's, that was also, that's a good my point. Mind. I completely yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. It came into my mind. I totally, I totally forgot to mention it when I was talking about it. Uh, so I'm not going to hold you to a, a, a win or a loss in week one or two. Um, I, you know, what? I'm going to, I'm going to say we win week one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that on the record. Okay. Uh, in my record is I have the authority to change it at any time for <laughs> those listening. Of course. And I will definitely be doing an in-depth analysis uh, to re- be released on the on the website thinmaniacs.com. Okay. okay. But one other thing I want to I want to talk about with week one before we move on mm-hmm. is I don't see one thing on the New England Patriots offense, no matter who starts at quarterback, that really makes me feel any sort of discomfort. Uh, when I look at the Miami defense against Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, which is pretty much the only weapons that that offense still has on the receiving core. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be afraid of uh, Nelson Aguilar uh, or, or Kendrick Bourne. I think they picked up and with our pickup of Jalen Phillips, granted it's going to be his NFL debut with our pickup of Bernardrick McKinney, I'm not too scared of of the run game either. So uh, if they're going to beat us, I I almost, now that I think about it, it's more going to be Miami's going to have to beat themselves. Yeah, I could see that. And what concerns, it is not their offensive concerns. I'm going to agree with you on that. Um, I think the two tight end set, uh, even with a power back, like they they did pick up Ramondre Stevenson in the draft. So that concerns me a little bit, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not shaking in my boots thinking about the Patriots offense. I do think it'll only be a low scoring affair. Um, I think it'll be like the, the late game last season. Yep. It'll be something like that. That sounds about correct. Um, and it'll give us a good starting point to know where Miami is at. Now, week two, uh, that is the game that I think there is one person who has circled that game in red as soon as the schedule was released. 
I think Brian Flores is seething, waiting for the Bills to come to town after the whooping that the Bills put on Miami in week 17 of last year and how they kept their foot on the throttle well into the fourth quarter against Miami and ran that score up. Um, I think that game will be the, it's the home opener for Miami. It's going to have the Bills in the hot, hot September sun. And I think Miami wins that game. I think that is going to be the statement game early on. Uh, I think that's the game where Jalen Phillips introduces himself to the NFL. I don't think that Josh Allen is going to be able to run freely all over Miami's defense and their linebackers and, and make highlight reels out of knocking Kyle Van Noy back several yards. Uh, I think that game, I might, and I'll have that one circled on my calendar in red too. Yeah. You know what, to be honest, I really don't give a shit if Brian Flores has that game circled because he <laughs> brings intensity every single week. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that I'll tell you the group that better damn well have that that game circled is is uh, the supposed all star tandem defensive secondary uh, that completely got burned by a bunch of Buffalo Bills backups in Buffalo in week 17. I've never been more embarrassed uh, after after talking them up just all season long. And sure, Byron Jones got a pick. Sure, Xavier Howard got a pick. But I distinctly remember Byron Jones getting burned. I distinctly remember Nick Needham getting burned. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen Xavier Howard get burned. Uh, but that was just a complete and utter embarrassment. I could find an excuse, and I hate excuses anyway, but I could find an excuse for every other room or group on that team for that game. I mean, Tua was left with just about no weapons. Uh, you know, the run game wasn't there. I mean, the list can go on, but the one the one group that has no excuses in any game, in my opinion, I don't care who they're playing. I don't I don't care if God sends down the the angels from heaven and and fields an eleven man offense. Uh, I don't think I would ever accept an excuse from that Dolphin secondary. So that would be the game that I would expect them to show up. Gotcha. Yeah, Armageddon aside, uh, they definitely let a lot of people down. Um, and it was unfortunate. It was really uh, it, it was a it was a get taken out to the woodshed moment where they the defense really got exposed. And I bet you, I, I I'll bet you, you know, I I understand that Flores does bring the intensity every week, and he's like a he's like a bulldog on the on the sideline scowling and growling but i i think he's going to put a little bug in their ear um with that as well and they do have a lot to make up for and i think they will i think um there's some additions on the defensive backfield will help as well so i guess my official prediction there Mm -hmm. um i love absolutely love and i'm for as pessimistic as i was week 17 when when all the fans were making excuses and everybody was saying well we weren't even supposed to be 10 and 6 yada yada that was one of the most embarrassing times 
I've been a Dolphins fan was just watching people like celebrate that week 17 loss in a way. I don't, and I, so, so I love everything Miami's done this off season. I just don't think we're in Buffalo's league yet. Um, that, that unit returns everybody. Um, they had a decent draft. They didn't, they didn't like, they didn't even lose Brian Dable, who is one of those coaches that uh, potentially would get looked at for a head coaching job. It's just, I mean, Josh Allen's entering, you know, what is it? His, his fourth year Yeah, coming off just an MVP caliber season. It's week two. I, I, I just don't see it, whether it's at home or not. Buffalo, is it, as much as it pains me to admit, has kind of owned us, you know, for a while. Uh, so I'm just not feeling that one. And I'm okay with it. I got you. As long as, as long as we fight. Like, you remember, you remember early last season, uh, Buffalo, you know, kind of, ran it up on us a little bit, but we fought. We fought, and the ending score was very respectable. Yes. Uh, if we if we make it a game, I this will be the season where I expect Miami to be in it every single game. Um, and that game will be no different. I just – I guess I'm going to give Buffalo the edge until we can prove it. It's kind of like – when the Patriots still had Tom Brady, you could talk all you want about catching up or how far behind, but for me, it's, it's prove it. So we'll see, we'll see how the season starts. And that's fair. I mean, it's, it's totally, yeah. Buffalo clearly is a step above the rest of the AFC East right now. As, as, like and trust me, I hate the bills. I, oh, yeah. I have it's, to hear, I have to hear, about them all the time it's painful to, to admit it but hey you know what they went through a lot uh bills fans went through a, a lot since them since the mid 90s so it's you really you know they, they're having their moment in the sun and it's fine i think miami got closer this off season they sure did they did we'll, we'll see how that that plays out uh um, we, go ahead yeah, so I, no, I was just gonna I was gonna bring us into week three real yep, real quick. When you talk uh, when you talk about revenge games, uh, this could be a revenge game for the other side. Uh, tell me, tell me uh, how you think John Gruden might prepare his team after uh, that heartbreak in Las Vegas last year. See, I'm not concerned about this game, and I, I understand exactly what you're saying, and I can see the thinking behind it. But this is where, this is the week that I really think uh, Miami's offense starts to click. After the Bills game and the New England game, those are two top-flight defenses. Las Vegas is not a top-flight defense. I don't really care what um, John Gruden has cooked up. I think that John, this is going to sound like a humongous um, disrespectful tirade, but I think the game has somewhat passed John Gruden by. I don't understand what they're doing in the draft the last two years. 
I don't understand what they're doing offensively very much. The game last year between Las Vegas and Miami was a complete freak show. That fourth quarter was completely bizarre. I don't think it can ever be replicated. I'm not concerned with anything that happened in that fourth quarter. I think that all goes out the window. And this is the game where I think the new co-offensive coordinators start clicking with Tua and the new weapons. This will be the second game with Will Fuller there. Uh, I think this will be, this is where Jalen Waddle, I honestly believe, starts to become more involved. And I do think he's going to be part of the, of the return game. Um, so this one I have down as a solid win. And I've looked at Las Vegas' schedule, and I don't particularly like it for them what I see the first couple of weeks. Um, I think this will be the beginning of the end for John Gruden as a head coach in Las Vegas. So, yeah, um, I mean, I, I had to drop the narrative of, you know, last, last season's heartbreak at the hands of Fitz, Fitz magic. Mm-hmm. However, I'm, I'm right in the same boat you are. I think it'll be pretty much a blowout. I almost get, a, even when we're not great, I always get excited when we play the, the Raiders because it seems like no matter what they field in terms of a roster, it always just feels so winnable. Um, I get like, I get really excited about those games, which is why like last year, uh, when we just were not having a good game and Tua got benched, I was like, is this really happening? Like I was like this, I had written that game as a win in pen weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks before that. But um, yeah, they just, they don't, they don't scare me, but they're almost, they're almost just competent enough to be dangerous. They have almost just enough guys to be dangerous. Um, yeah. Derek, Derek Carr has these games where he surprises you when he, he turns up his tenacity, it seems, and can really, really let him loose. Again, I'm not scared, and I'm expecting at least a 10-point win. Um, you can put that in the books. That one won't be changing. Uh, I think that – I think you said it best. Like, that's going to be – everything starts to click. Yeah, that's that, of course. I remember doing the podcast before the Raiders game last year, and I this, I said the exact same thing. I said that I don't, I'm not afraid of the Raiders, and it was like Tua came out and just laid an egg, and I do think a lot of that had to do with the offensive play calling. Uh, I think I think that game was the beginning of the end for Chan Gailey, um, but we'll we'll see. Um, and from there, we go to Indianapolis. What do you think about Indy? That's, this, is a, this is a game that, that um, I find interesting. So I don't. And here's – Indy is one of the, the teams for me, like the Raiders, that I just never – I just – I don't look at them as a good football team. Even like last year – all of a sudden you, you look at the playoffs and they're in and I'm like, what are they doing there? 
And even, even when they had Andrew Luck, we've never really struggled with the Colts. I don't know what it is about them. They've just never appeared to me to be like a real, you know, scary or dangerous or threatening team. Now I know that they have some, some very solid defensive pieces. Uh, their offensive line is, is pretty solid. They have, uh, a, I guess a monster rushing attack. If, if you look at it, how they ended their season last year, I do, I do like the Carson Wentz move. Um, I thought the Colts were going to be a really good landing spot for him. And I don't, I don't dislike Carson Wentz, but I, I don't like him either. Um, I, I am intrigued to see if he can bounce back with Frank Reich. However, this game's in Miami, and I, that's that's a dub for me. Yep, I have it down as a W as well. Now, the I I also really like the Carson Wentz acquisition by the Colts because I think I'll be perfectly honest with you. I think the guy that was responsible for the Lombardi trophy finally landing in Philadelphia wasn't Doug Peterson. I think it was Frank Reich because that offense that he masterminded caused major issues for people. And he, I think, I think it's a, he's a great uh, offensive mind. I really do. I believe that pretty strongly. However, after he, Frank Reich left, Carson Wentz started unraveling. And I think he unraveled pretty far. So I'm glad that Indianapolis is coming to Miami. And I'm glad it's happening fairly early in the season. Because I think this game is going to be extremely close. I like Indy a little bit more as a team than you do, I think. I think their defense is very nasty. I think their defense... Yeah, I don't dislike them. It's just like, what what do they have that is supposed to pose a real threat? To, to the Dolphins, I guess. Yeah, the rushing attack, and you nailed it. It's their rushing attack is is phenomenal, and they do have a, a very. And we might defense. we might have a phenomenal rush defense for it's, once. It's it's that no, that's going to be interesting. Wood. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, I do want to I do want to uh, drop uh, a little bit of uh, I guess prediction, and that's that I really think Michael Pittman has a breakout season this year. Uh, I really, really liked him. Huh. And um, he had he had some tough drops in their playoff loss to the Bills. But he's one of those guys whose personality and work ethic just kind of you, – you kind of know that they're going to go somewhere. And I think he's one of those guys. And I think it's – it might be a little overstated that they didn't go out and add a ton of, or really any wide receiver help uh, there. I'm sure there's a reason they feel comfortable there. And I know they've dealt with injuries at the receiver position, but they do return T Y Hilton. Um, not that I know how much he has left because right. he was non-existent <laughs> when I watched the Colts last year. Um, maybe they get a healthy Paris Campbell, but I do. It's going to be an intriguing team. Um, and to be honest, I think the Titans have take, taken a few steps back, in my opinion. And we'll get to them later in the schedule. But I could see the Colts pulling that division out. 
I just don't think they're going to pull out a win week four in Miami. Agreed. Yeah, I have that down for a W for Miami as well. And I think uh, much along the same lines uh, that you feel about Michael Pittman, the one I'm thinking is going to be a breakout candidate for Indy is no surprise. I think it's Jonathan Taylor. I don't know why they didn't use him more earlier last year, um, but I think he is he is going to be the workhorse back. Uh, I, I know you don't see a lot of them anymore in the NFL, but I think he is going to be a monster in Indy this year. Yeah, and before we move, since yes. that is a wrap on the first quarter of the season, yep. let's, uh, I, just for fun, I'm curious, how many interceptions does Xavier Howard have through <laughs> week four? Well, here's, it, it's, I think he has. He likes two. taking them from Josh. He does. I think he has two, and I think he gets them both in the Bills game. So I'm going to have him. At, I know this is I know this is kind of aggressive, but I'm gonna have him at three. I got one at one in the Bills. Um, he likes taking it away from Derek Carr too, mm-hmm. and I just like him to make a, kind of a, a power power play against the Colts because why not? There you go. Uh, yeah, well, our Carson Wentz is not, um, especially the last couple of years, has not been interception proof. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty pretty reasonable um, assessment. And then, here comes the challenge. Yeah. Now, this is going to be a an absolute bellwether to see where the Dolphins are. They're going to have the first quarter of the season will be gone. I have them at three and one going into Tampa Bay, Same. and I this is the. The way you described Miami not quite ready for prime time in the Bills game, that's where I have them in this game. I think that the Dolphins will hang with the Bills or with the Bills, with the Bucks for quite some time because simply because Brian Flores knows Tom Brady. I mean, he sat there and watched the guy for how many years? I believe Miami's going to give him a run. But in the end, I still believe Tom Brady is Tom Brady. And I think that Tampa Bay wins this game by about a touchdown. Um, and they pull away a little bit late in the fourth quarter. So who is the the all-time lo- losingest team for Tom Brady in his career? Oh, who did Miami he Dolphins. lose to the most? It is the Miami Dolphins. Yes, and you is. know who who might actually be excited to see their old friend Tom Brady? The Miami Dolphins. It might be the Miami Dolphins. It could be. And you know, you know who's one of those few teams that is actually pretty decent at taking the ball away from Tom Brady? Mm-hmm. The Miami Dolphins. I'm actually gonna again play devil's advocate here. Um, I think Miami gets hyped for big games. I uh, I also think that they've at times played down to the level of their competition. I think Miami's going to, the way I have my schedule, they're on a two game win streak. They, they just beat a good Colts team. And I think Flores and I think uh, Tua who here's his shot to play against Tom Brady, you know, probably the only time in his career 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think the defense is going to be hyped up. I, I like Miami. I like them. Let's throw an early score out there. Uh, 26-23. Wow. Miami. Okay. If this, if that happens. And that's uh, Miami not, Miami doesn't trail in the fourth quarter. Wow. Uh, if that happens, um, good morning football is going to be fun to watch next morning. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, you'll hear all the talking heads talking about Miami if they go in to Tampa Bay and beat the Super Bowl champions. That'll be you fun. know, you, you know what my one complaint was about the Bucks last season, and it's why I couldn't pick them to go to the Super Bowl, and it's why I couldn't pick them to win the Super Bowl, is I couldn't get the memory of the regular season out of my mind where they just didn't show up in some games, like losing to the bears, like not playing tough against shit teams. I, they were just very inconsistent. And you know what? I, I, I don't want to be the guy that says, you know, Tom Brady's what, like 86 years old this year. Um, But screw Tom Brady. Uh, (laughs) Whatever. Uh, I'm going to take the win. Well, here's the thing about Tom Brady, and this is this is going – it's going to happen. It's eventually the wheels are going to come off. It ha- I mean, it is, it is inevitable. I, he is beyond a shadow of a doubt taking himself – taking care of himself better than anybody else ever has in the history of the NFL, the quarterback position. He – his regimen is fantastic. His nutritionist should probably be investigated, you know, make sure that he's not an alien. Uh, but no matter how well your body holds up, and I know this firsthand, eventually things just slow down because your mind can't process things as quickly as it used to to get them to make your body do what you want it to do. And at some point in time, it happens. Some, sometimes it happens at 40. Sometimes it happens at 45. But I'll tell you this. When it happens, it's startling. It's kind of like when you finally realize you need reading glasses because you can't see. I don't know if you've gotten there, but it happens very suddenly. I, I do. And uh, everything you're talking about happened for me when I was 30. So I got uh, you. I, I woke up on my 30th birthday and I was like, oh, that feels weird. <laughs> and uh, it's just been a slow, 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 <laughs> gradual decline ever since. I got you. Yeah, mine happened. Mine happened right around 42, 43, when I all of a sudden, I mean, and I've been blind as a bat since I was born, but all of a sudden, I couldn't read anymore with my glasses. I'm like, what is going on here? And it happened. That happened to me about four months ago, yep. just out of nowhere. Yes. And, uh, I, so I got reading glasses and I, I thought there was something wrong with me. Like I would be looking at my phone screen. And it would just be blurry. And I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah, it, it, it happens to everybody. And I'm, believe me, I'm not equating Tom Brady as a quarterback to needing reading glasses. That's not the same thing, obviously. But when these things happen to you as you get older, you just you simply can't do them anymore. No matter how good a shape you keep yourself in, no matter how well you treat your body, no matter how well you eat, no matter how well you train in the offseason – eventually things just all of a sudden fall off a cliff. It's going to happen at some point in time. Let's hope it happens right before week five 
of next year's NFL season, of the next NFL Yeah, season. so while we've been talking about it, I've kind of got to thinking, and, and mm-hmm. you know how I can I can really see this Bucks game going? Hmm. Uh, like when we played the Chiefs last year, the defense came out firing. I mean, we got those four turnovers off Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the offense kind of struggled, but I can see this being a game where we we come off to a hot start. Um, I could see us getting a couple turnovers early that lead to scores. And then it kind of evening out in terms of uh, competitive balance, maybe towards the second half of the second quarter or the start of the second half. And I think the growth that will be evident in Miami will allow them to stand strong and not fully give up that lead. And I do have a quick, fun little hot take. Mm-hmm. I believe that this will be the first game Javon Holland gets his uh, first career interception. It'll be a memorable interception for him, and I think it will be a first-quarter interception. Nice. You think Tom Brady signs the ball for him? Um, <laughs> probably not. No, probably, probably not. not. He's but not too gracious say, in losses. I will say before we move on, I am kind of excited to have one more shot at him. You know? Oh yeah. We had, we had a nice year off, and now I'm kind of like, you know what? Before he goes, let's take one more shot at him. Mm-hmm. And then the next weekend, Miami goes to jolly old England, where they meet the Jacksonville Jaguars, and. Here's what I I'm, this is the this is the part of the schedule I'm really looking forward to, because in the next four weeks, once they're in London, uh, they're going to play two rookie quarterbacks. I'm going to work under the assumption here that Deshaun Watson will not be starting for Houston, even if he even if all of these. Um, legalities and accusations work themselves out. He has pretty blatantly said he will never play for Houston again. So I am of the opinion, though, this will be the first of two games against a rookie quarterback, just my opinion so far. But I think that this will be a breakout game for Miami's defense because I know Trevor Lawrence is fantastic. And I know he's a living embodiment of sunshine from, remember, the Titans. And I know he is the best prospect to come along since Andrew Luck. However, I think that Brian Flores' defensive style, much like New England's does, will feast on rookie quarterbacks. And I think that Miami wins the game in London fairly handily it's always a little bit of a twilight zone type experience over in london um because you know the, the time change will be something that they'll both have to deal with it's a very interesting and apparently wonderful atmosphere in london uh, it's apparently apparently a absolutely glorious stadium i've only seen it on tv um but i think miami wins this one easily going away yeah so last week i got to tease on our show, maybe this week I would get to talk some Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a perfect segue into that. I have just a, a gut feeling 
And this is this is bold and and pretty baseless, I guess. I something smells off with Trevor Lawrence, and I can't pinpoint it. I don't know if it's the personality. I don't know if it's the hype. I don't know if it's being paired with a dysfunctional head coach. I don't know if it's the Jaguars franchise itself. There's just too many things that just feel off in the whole situation. And I know we've talked about before fits Mm -hmm. uh, and how certain fits can ruin a player and certain fits can really elevate a player. And something just smells off about Trevor Lawrence, the Jags, Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow. Their draft I thought was just terrible. I just, I think there couldn't be a worse pairing for Trevor Lawrence than Urban Meyer with all his hype and all his, I just, I would have loved to see Trevor Lawrence go to a, an experienced NFL head coach. Um, And it doesn't even have to be, you know, a super successful head coach, but someone who understands the game of football in the NFL. And I mean, I think part of it too is Urban Meyer has just said some things. So it's taking the job that's made me kind of shake my head and, and just say like, what? I, I just, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. Dolphins in a route. Yeah. He is. And that is, I hadn't even gotten to the point where um, they're also dealing with a rookie head coach. Uh, I don't know that I feel as strongly about Lawrence as you do. Um, you didn't check to see if his teammates went to his birthday party, like in draft day, the movie, right? No, but he reminds me a lot of him. <laughs> Bo Callahan. Yeah. He, I think, I think he Just can be misperceived. I don't know. I, I think he could be misperceived um, as well, much in the same way that. Josh Rosen was viewed as just super aloof. Trevor Lawrence comes off as aloof sometimes, but in a different way. I think Trevor Lawrence is super cheerful. Um, I think he always comes off as very positive, whereas Josh Rosen came off the other way. Um, I don't quite, I don't have quite the same amount of concerns that you do about Lawrence, but I I think there's something to what you're saying. Um, We'll see how it turns out. You know what Trevor Lawrence has never experienced in his life uh, as a football player? Adversity. He's going to find a whole lot down in Jacksonville real quick. That's fair. We'll see how let's he handles see, it. Let's see. Yeah, let's see how he handles it. And let's see, uh, I guess, what that that nut Urban Meyer's got going on rattling yep. around in his brain. Now, I'm actually really surprised that Miami didn't have a bye week after going to London. I mean, I kind of, I understand that it's not the, it's not a crazy long plane ride, uh, but it ain't short. I mean, it's, it's still a transatlantic flight. I was kind of expecting Miami to have a bye week on week seven, but they didn't. They come home for Atlanta. And I think Atlanta also has some issues. Uh, And this is where Miami comes up against a player that a lot of Miami Dolphins fans wanted to be on the Miami Dolphins 
in Kyle Pitts. Now, the way you feel about Lawrence, I feel about Pitts. Now, this is one that I may eat my words someday, but I understand Kyle Pitts tested incredibly well. I understand he had a phenomenal season at Florida. However, he, the legend of Kyle Pitts has gotten so out of control that everyone is assuming that putting him on Atlanta's offense immediately makes Atlanta's offense super high powerful. And Atlanta has now solved all of their offensive woes. And I just don't think that's the case. Um, they have a fantastic uh, shot at doing some wonderfully good things. I'll put it that way. I think that Kyle Pitts is immensely talented and I hope wish the best for them, but I also give Miami a win here. And I don't think it's going to be all that close down in Miami. Yeah. I think Kyle Pitts is a tight end slash wide receiver. Who's not the type of player who's going to win or lose the game regardless. Mm -hmm. um, Miami didn't draft it. Didn't draft him. So I, to me, he's just another guy. Uh, he, he hasn't played a snap in the NFL. I really have no comment on Kyle Pitts. Uh, here's, here's the problem I'm having with the Atlanta game. If I look on my schedule so far, Miami is one, two, three, four, five, and one heading into Atlanta. And on paper, this is a game that is a, a favorable matchup for us. I Their defense is – Atlanta's defense is still young. There's still a lot of question marks on it. Uh, it's the type of game where we could really, you know, have have a nice momentum boost for – I mean, I guess Jacksonville is the momentum boost. But it's just one of those games where Tua could get into a rhythm, the offense could get into a rhythm. And, I mean, I, I have trust in, in this defense unless it's week 17 in Buffalo. <laughs> but I feel like this could be Miami's letdown game. Um, something smells off about it. We've, we've played Atlanta really well. Um, I've also become a quick fan of, uh, Arthur Smith, Atlanta's new head coach. Um, I'm really interested to see the offense and style he brings down there. It's, it's, it's really hard to, to make this one a loss, but I don't know, maybe it's, it's a week where we have a guy out injured um it's the sh it's the kind of the short week got to play catch up on sleep coming back from london i'm i'm gonna for no good reason i'm just gonna put this as a loss i got you yeah i had them at four and two coming into that game because i had the tampa bay game being a loss so um i could see that i could see it happening oh hey you know what they say any given Sunday, it can happen this way. Right. So I think, uh, I see, through week, so week, through week seven, we have, we both will have them then after week seven, we'll have both have them at five and two. Going into the game that I 
am really not looking forward to. And this is the one that bothers me. I think the schedule overall is great for Miami uh, as far as weather goes. And this will be really, I, I, I worry about late October at Buffalo more than I would worry about late November or early December in New York City as far as weather goes. So I do not want to watch the game. Of course, I'll watch the game. But I do not really look forward to going to Buffalo on Halloween when the ghosts will come out (laughs) for the Miami Dolphins because, like you've been saying, Buffalo has really owned the series recently. And I simply do not see Miami going into Buffalo on Halloween and coming out with a win. Well, I agree. (laughs) And I don't care about anybody not wanting to go to or watch a game in Buffalo because I think a lot of you Dolphin fans and colleagues and friends need to experience what I have to go through on an every year basis going to uh, it'll always be the Ralph, even to me uh, going to Ralph Wilson stadium in front of thousands of drunk jumping through tables, swearing, cussing, rude asshole fans chanting, Hey, and bills make me want to shout. And all that stuff that every time the Bills make a play, you just want to sink further into your bleachers. I actually think Miami makes this a game. I think this could could end up being the game of the week. Um, being having been somebody who's who's attended to a Bills game in September, October, November, December. Um, I really kind of like this time frame for Miami. Um, I like that they're coming off a disappointing loss. And I have this weird, another one of those weird gut feelings, um, like my hot take on Javon Holland. I think this is going to be a Jalen Waddle game. And I think, and maybe this stems from, I've been to so many Dolphins games in Orchard Park. And in the majority of them, not all of them, Miami playmakers seem to always make big plays despite losing. I've seen Ricky Williams rush for 200. I've seen uh, Jay Ajayi rush for 200. I've seen Reggie Bush rush for 200. I've seen Brandon Marshall take a a bomb to the end zone and slide into the snow. Um, I, I, for some reason can see Jalen Waddle popping off, uh, those 65 70 yard quick passes that just somehow gets to the house um i think this is going i'm looking forward to this game i'm not looking forward i'm even looking forward to being there um it's been a while since we've gotten to go to football games i i almost miss the experience of like none of us got to see Tua as a rookie um this will probably this will most likely be my first chance um, to me, I think this is a game where Miami's Miami's going into this game with enough is enough mentality. Um, I think the narrative 
not even in the media, but inside the locker room is going to be, all right, who are we? Are we going 10 and six again or 10 and seven? Are we going to hope to get in in week 17? Um, are we ready to take the next step? Are we contenders or are we pretenders? And I think Miami's going to come out and play like contenders. Um, I think this is going to be the game that tells fans that Miami's legit. Um, and I've talked myself into it. I'm going to give Miami the upset on Halloween. Wow. I'm changing my pick. All righty. Well, there you go. Um, that, I, I believe me, I hope you're right, because that would be a, a memorable game, one that would go down in annals of the Dolphins-Bills rivalry, um, because, yeah, a Halloween game where Miami comes in and upsets the Bills would be phenomenal. So, Is there anything really to talk about with the following game? I, I don't think so. I, I really don't. Um, and it's it's gotten to I don't the even point care now. If Deshaun plays, if, yeah. If Deshaun plays, they don't have a, a shot. No, I don't think so either. I am. Bill O'Brien did so much damage to this team in such a short amount of time that it really. The I mean, you can't dismiss the allegations against Watson. That is his whole, that's a whole separate animal. Before that happened, it seemed as though Houston was going out of their way to piss him off. I'm like, what, what in the world is this organization doing? And it's gotten to the point now where you kind of feel bad for Texans fans. Um, and I do believe, I do believe that at this point in time, they're going to be starting the rookie they drafted just to see what they have. And no, I do not. That's think real this. aggressive to be starting Davis Mills. Yeah. Any, any game. In I mean, year one, what, what are they, they going to do? Just sit with Tyrod Taylor and, 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 you know, they might win what four games with Tyrod Taylor. Um, so here's, here's my two cents and I'm not going to waste a lot of time on, on Houston. Sure. Every move that they've made this off season, has told me that they don't plan on Deshaun being there. They don't want Deshaun there. And they're officially done paying for Laramie Tunzel. Um, I think their team, I mean, they, they had more free agent signings than I've ever seen ever and might have the NFL record, but they were all, for the most part, meaningless signings. I think they've intentionally built their team to lose. Um, I think they should be a, a, a heavy favorite for the number one overall pick and whatever quarterback that may be. Yep. Maybe it's Sam Howell or, or Ritter. Or, I don't, I don't know. I'm not there yet, but yeah, I just, yeah, that's, that's a good win. Um, and it's, it's the type of game I want to see before our Thursday night game. Um, It'd be a game that we don't have to expend a ton, a ton, a ton of energy on. Although I do, I, I, I want Miami to leave it all on the field every week, but I think, you know what I'm implying of course. Um, on a short week as we, uh, as we welcome Baltimore and Lamar Jackson into town. Yeah. It should be one of those weeks where they can hopefully rest the starters in the fourth quarter, just to give them a little bit of extra going into the Thursday night 
football tilts against Baltimore. Now, Baltimore is a team that I, well, I really don't like them very much. The way you feel about Buffalo, um, I feel the, the, the Brian Cox vibes for Baltimore. I can't well, we never see. beat them, so I understand. Yeah, why. yeah, that's that's that's, that's the, the one franchise we can't beat. Yes, it Other used than, to be the Texans for the yes, longest. Yep, that's correct. Um, yeah, the, well, let's, we've got well with our predictions, we've got a little bit um, of a more respectable win percentage against Houston. Hopefully, after that uh, week nine, uh, going into week ten, I would love to tell you that I think Miami can beat Baltimore at home. Um, I would love to tell you that Brian Flores' defense will stymie Lamar Jackson, but I can't make myself write down a win in that. I think the, the Dolphins will be a much more mature team at this point in time of the season. It's week 10. We're more than halfway through. And I think that they'll be playing solid ball on both sides. I think just for whatever reason, the history of Baltimore and Miami, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope you tell me I'm wrong, but I have Miami taking a loss on Thursday night football. Yeah. I mean, my first reaction when I, when I saw that game was probably the same reaction you had Uh, Baltimore just, obviously leaves us with a bad taste in our mouth every time we play them. Um, And obviously the last time we played them was very early in Brian Flores' tenure and Mm -hmm. uh, Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown made us look foolish. Yes. Um, I have a problem with Baltimore and I think it starts with offensive coordinator, Greg Roman. Um, I think he is, he has not built an offense that is very good. I don't, when you watch, when you watch Baltimore play a team like the bills in the playoffs and the bills who have a respectable defense, I mean, they took a dip last year, but still respectable. When you have a a, a good, well-coached team like the bills that knows that Baltimore is going to run uh, just about every play that they can, um, they can stop the run. And the problem I have with Baltimore is once that run is stopped, they have yet to prove that they can make the transition to a passing offense. I don't think Greg Roman pays enough attention to the passing offense. Um, I don't really care that they went out and got Rashad Bateman or Tylen Wallace, even though I'm a big Wallace fan. Mm-hmm. I, 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 their, their defense should be vulnerable for the first time in a long time after losing that whole group of pass rushers. And uh, Jason Owa is far from being ready to be a, a contributing. I, I don't know. You know what? Um, I like this to be a good defensive game for Miami. Uh, I don't think we run away with it. I don't think it's going to be high scoring, especially because it's on a short week. I'm going to give Miami, I don't know, like a maybe a less than a touchdown win. Um, I don't think the game ever even really gets super exciting. I just, 
I feel like it's a game that you're happy at the end of the game. You're like, you know what? I really like Miami's defense. Yeah, that would be one of those type of games. That would be fantastic. And I think a lot of these, a lot of the keys to the wins that you have that I didn't have is are going to be centered around Miami's ability to stop the run. Um, If they can stop the run continually, I'm sorry, consistently uh, to the point where they for, would force Baltimore to to have to rely on the passing game, even though I did like what they were doing a couple of years back with the multiple tight end sets. I don't know that that will work very well, um, specifically if they get behind. Um, if, they, if they can continually play ball control offense, I don't think Miami wins the game. But if you, like you suggest, they have to revert to a passing game, I can see it happening. Yeah, I don't, I don't think this is going to be a great game for Tua. I don't think it's going to be a great game for the offense. I think it ends up being one of those games, and we've seen quite a, a bit of these lately, um, that Miami's defense just gets the job done. Um, I think it's going to be one of those games. And as mad as I was last week about – cutting Bobby McCain, especially in the way that we did. Um, I've had some time to think, especially as I analyze these games and I look at the big games, the bills, the bucks. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not looking at the Patriots quite yet as a big game. It's a game. It's a division game. Um, Baltimore, you know, who I think is going to help give Miami that edge that really makes them. I mean, I would consider them just under elite. Uh, technically they had an elite ish defense last year. They were top five scoring defense, but I think the player that really makes the most impact for them in the intangibles department next year is Jason McCordy. Um, there you go. I think, I think he's going to change some of the mentalities um, for all that I love about Bobby McCain. Bobby McCain's never been on a real true winning program. And I think, did I say, did I say Devin or Jason? Jason McCourty, I think is going to come in and he's going to be one of the first signings that you see over the next couple of years where we go out and we get a veteran, something they haven't really done before, but we go out and get a veteran that wins football games, whether their impact on the field is what it was earlier in their career. But I, I, I kind of very sneaky like this move because this is the type of move that can shift the mindset of an already talented defense to becoming a, a true winning defense. Agreed. Now, like you said last week, I mean, I know, even though Bobby McCain was a team captain, so was McCourty. McCourty did the he, he was played a very similar mentorship role on the Patriots. And I think it was very telling that in the entire youth movement that Miami did has done and has done since, well, since Brian Flores has been here, that he went out of his way to completely ignore that and pick up McCourty. And I think that your analysis of that is spot on. Yeah, I'm not, I've, I guess I was never really upset that we're losing Bobby, the, per, the player. Um, I'm more upset about losing Bobby, the person, and 
just one of those times where the business side of football really gets under your skin. Yep. Um, And we've seen it with Taylor. I mean, he's definitely not on an all-time great Miami Dolphins list, but you've seen it with Taylor, with Zach Thomas, with Patrick Sertain, with, you know, uh, Cameron Wake even, which I'm still waiting for them to bring him back to retire him. Um, I think they will. Yeah, it's just – yeah, I – I'm sh- I'm sure they will. I, if they don't, I I could see the the fans revolting. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just one of those guys that you just you feel bad. Like you you want him to be there forever. What even if he's not even making a huge impact, as long as he's not a terrible player, as long as he's not Jakeem Jakeem granting up the defense. Um, yeah, it just kind of sucks. Gotcha. So moving then to the probably the longest nemesis of Jets week Dolphins. It's Jets week coming up in week 11. And they're the team that Miami finally no longer has a losing record against anybody in the AFC East. They tied up the, uh, the series against the New York Jets. I believe now, if I'm not mistaken, it's 55, 55 and one. They have that one tie. So, I would have liked to have seen the Jets earlier in the season uh, because I think in by week 11, you're going to Robert Sally is going to have some sort of uh, impression on the team. I think his impact will be felt by that. And I think Robert Sally is actually a good coach. I think I've actually liked a few of the moves that the Jets have done over the past two years, as far as building up the team, I, and and well, and just getting rid of Adam Gase in general, I think we should get him a couple of wins. But I do not believe that the Dolphins lose either of the New York Jets game. I think the week 11 is going to be a little bit closer than people give it credit for, but we'll see how that goes. Um, I don't believe that Zach Wilson will be ready enough to make an impact against the Dolphins defense. Um, yeah, I got no comment. Uh, write me in for a dub. Um, I'm not, I'm not, especially because they're a division rival. I'm not going to give the jets the respect to even really talk about them with the roster and draft that they, they had. Um, I think Zach Wilson has a long way to go before he's a, he's a pro level quarterback back even though I was a big fan of his um I think the Jets roster is absolute trash um I don't think they belong in the same sentence as the Miami Dolphins and for that reason um I guess I'm I got nothing to say about him Zach I mean I do I like Zach Wilson as well I believe he is probably the most developmental quarterback as far as needing NFL seasoning of any of the ones in the first round um however I'll give credit to Robert Sala. I like him. Um, oh yeah. I'm not giving him much more credit than saying I like him because he's yet to prove anything as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Um I'm intrigued by the team he can he can put together. However, I'm less intrigued after the draft he had. Um some people loved it. I'm not one of those people. It looks okay on paper. Uh but when you put that that draft class on 
that list, when you apply it to their roster, um, it doesn't really do a whole lot for their roster. So for that reason, uh, I'm out. I hear you. Um, yeah, I think what their draft, uh, I think their draft was a construction for the interior. I think the, the Vera Tucker signing or Vera Tucker, Vera Tucker draft pick, I, I understand it. They got supportive players for Zach Wilson. Yeah, I was going to say, you know what my problem was with it? For all the picks they had, um, I, don't, I don't see any elite players. And that's fair. I think that I think that's my problem with their draft. I don't see any elite players at any of the positions, and I don't mean like elite as in they're going to be uh, in Pro Bowls as a rookie or anything crazy like that. But I can look in the third round and I can see names where I'm just like, you know what? That's the best player at their position in that round. Um, I I don't see that in any rounds um, of of the Jets draft understood well they we do get to see uh, a former jets draft pick uh first first rounder in sam darnold the next week as carolina comes to miami uh they are also a team that i think has a lot of holes but i think that carolina is headed in the right direction fairly quickly I just don't know that they're going to come into Miami and pull out a win. Um, I think that Sam Darnold is a worthwhile reclamation project, but I don't think that he is ever going to be a successful quarterback in the league unless he stops making mistakes under pressure, which he has done going back to college. Anytime he gets somebody in his face, he just loses his mind and starts flinging the ball to people with the wrong color jerseys. Um, for that reason, unless he suddenly fixes that, which who knows, he might, I think Miami has a fairly easy win in week 12 against Carolina, as long as they can stop Christian McCaffrey. I have a lot of respect for the Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. and the team they're building a lot more than I think they're being given credit for. Um, I don't think their defense is bad at all. Um, I like the moves they made this off season with their defense. They went out and got a couple veteran corners. Uh, I, I love uh, Brian Burns. Do they have pieces they need to get? I mean, like I love their Hassan Reddick signing they got Hassan Reddick for like free it seemed like just completely under the radar uh I guess it remains to be seen if Christian McCaffrey will still be healthy by that game um but let's not discount him and let's not discount uh a wide receiver group that seems to be awfully loaded very quick between um Rising star DJ Moore, um, the always reliable Robbie Anderson, um, who's had you know very good games against Miami. Um, I never loved Terrace Marshall in the draft process until he went to Carolina, where he gets to be reunited with Joe Brady. That that changed my opinion on that 
on him way more than it probably should have. And then one of my later round receivers, who I think is one of the toughest receivers in the draft, and uh, Shai Smith. Um, I everything inside of me wants to give Carolina this win, and then I can't get past Sam Darnold. That's so, exactly what it is. Um, I do think if Sam Darnold ever has a chance of getting his career on track. I think he's in an excellent situation to do that. Um, but I think when he comes down to Miami, he might see some ghost of ghosts of, ye- of yesterday. So, um, and I think Xavier Howard might be excited to see him too. So <laughs> very possible. I, yeah. As much as I want to give Carolina the win, I mean, I don't want to give any other team the win, but as much as, it feels like a, if this game was in Carolina, I think I'd give it to him, but it's not. Yeah. And this is no, that was in no way a slate to the Carolina Panthers because I feel the same way. I think that organization runs itself very well. I think they do a lot of smart things. And the Sam Darnold acquisition was for peanuts. This, this, is, this is a no-lose situation for Carolina long-term. If if he doesn't work out, yeah, all right, you move on. But this this is this is a Sam Darnold reclamation project in 2021, and I just hey, you know what? Maybe it works. Maybe it works out for him. And now that he's no longer on the Jets, I don't dislike Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold really got a raw deal in the NFL so far. Um, but I don't I, dislike players that uh, that just don't threaten the Dolphins, and Sam Darnold has never really threatened the Dolphins, so I really have no reason to dislike him. That's another way to look at it. Um, a team that comes in after that has been very successful about the, against the Dolphins. If you look at the teams that's at, at the way the Miami Dolphins do against the NFC East, they they always give the Eagles problems. I don't I can't remember the last time the Eagles had more than like one win in a row against the Dolphins. I don't know that that's ever happened actually. Um, but the Giants always seem to give Miami problems. Now Dolphins fan forgive the Giants because of you know the Giants beating the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl, which is a wonderful thing anytime that happens. But I am not, I'm still not entirely sold on Daniel Jones. I know a lot of people are. I am not a Daniel Jones hater. I think Saquon Barkley coming back, hopefully healthy, makes that offense a lot more dangerous. But I am not tremendously afraid of the Giants' defense. I think the Giants defensively leave a lot to be desired. Offensively, I think they're pretty stout. But if you ever come into a situation where you say, this is a good to very good defense in their home stadium versus a hot offense, I'm going to take the defense every single time, specifically with a home crowd. 
And in week 13, going into the home stretch against against uh, or the home stretch of the Dolphins schedule, I'm giving Miami a win in week 13. Um, I think this is about the part of the season where Giants fans and maybe Dave Gettleman um, come to terms with Daniel Jones is not their franchise quarterback. That's not to say that Daniel Jones isn't a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, the one area besides receiver that I really think the Giants needed to address this offseason was fixing that offensive line. Uh, Andrew Thomas uh, was that one rookie first-round pick from last year that just did not play like a, a first-rounder. Uh, Nate Solder is 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 really not worth mentioning at this point. I think I think that's really going to hurt Daniel Jones. However, like he he's 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 really hard to analyze because for as goofy as he looks and how much he reminds me of just like a prototypical Giants quarterback like Eli Manning. Um he he does some things well. He's super athletic. Like he's more athletic than you would think he is. He's a guy that can run a fifty-yard scramble for a touchdown. Um, I just I don't see anything special in him, and for that reason, I just I I, I don't know. I think Miami wins it. Uh, let's pretend that it'll be a little closer than it should be um, just because. But Miami gets its job done. Uh, the Giants' defense is just not there. I got you. They, I don't even think they have pass rushers. I know they drafted one, but Ojalari, yeah. but you, you're going to need more than a rookie. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sold on defense at all. And uh, we're running low on time here, so I know no, we're gonna you can cut the the bye week week fourteen, which is a little bit late, but I'm thinking I like it. I like I'm it thinking, right before the playoffs. I yeah, and th- keep in mind Miami's very very young, uh, so I think they get to benefit to them, and I think they'll bounce back quickly after the bye. Being as young as they are, week fifteen they play the Jets in Miami. Do you have anything to say about that? Because I really don't think it's nope. going to get any better for Miami. Um, and at this point in time, if I'm not mistaken, I have Miami at, at 10 and four. And, and that of course is when things start getting a little dicey because they play two straight games. They play on Monday night football a return to Monday Night Football for the Dolphins at New Orleans. Now, I really think that this game is going to be a fairly good game. I 
I don't care who's starting for New Orleans at this point in time. They have a very dynamic offense. They have a very solid defense. And I think being in Miami, I'm sorry, being in New Orleans is what decides this game. And I think a full crowd in New Orleans on Monday night will give New Orleans the edge. Um, but I think it's going to be a very close game. So I give Miami a loss here to bring them to 10 and five. So I had, I have Miami with only, uh, only two losses thus far, which seems incredibly aggressive on my part. Um, however, I don't think it should be taken lightly that Miami has the fifth easiest schedule in the NFL um, and they just stack up really well in a lot of these games and their tough games are division games and those are tough for both both teams uh, not, not just the Dolphins or, or not just the Bills so, so it's just a schedule that stacks up really well for Miami um, I know we are getting short on time so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna throw a ton of analysis at the saints um i kind of see miami losing both their away games um i don't love tennessee and at tennessee in week 17 um i don't think we i don't, I don't think ryan Tannehill comes out and smokes us i don't think Derek henry comes out and rushes for 200 yards i just something i just don't like that game um just, just like you don't like the saints game and i'm kind of with you on that one um i just don't like playing the titans away that, that late in the season when they're fighting for their division most likely i agree yeah and i i have miami dropping the tennessee game as well uh i really think it's and i, I don't like i don't I don't think that Miami gets blown out. I don't think Miami gets blown out in any game this year. I really don't. I think their defense has improved remarkably. And I th think the people that they drafted last year have developed nicely to the point where I don't think we have to worry about them getting embarrassed anymore. But yeah, I have them dropping the game uh, at Tennessee. I actually believe that the way the AFC playoff picture will be set up at this point in time, Tennessee will need this game more than Miami will to get into the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't feel well about it. The Tennessee, they did. I, I do believe they lost a little bit after last year. I don't think they're quite the same team, but, but a, a heavy dose of Derek Henry and just enough smart plays by Ryan Tannehill. I think we'll, get the job done for Tennessee and don't think for a second I know he's a superb dude in general off the field but don't think that Ryan Tannehill wouldn't love this win bringing us at that point in time Miami will now be let's see they'll be I have them at four six. losses I have them I have them at, I have them at six I have them losing the Baltimore. Let's see. I have them losing the opening game in New England, 
Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Baltimore, and then the two back-to-back New Orleans and Tennessee. So I have them. I got them losing the Buffalo in week two, uh, Atlanta in week seven, and then the two uh, end-of-season road games. And because I have them at, what would that be, 12 and four, Mm -hmm. uh, headed into week 18, um, I think for whatever reason, I, I, I'm i just going to throw a hypothetical out there. Uh, they go into week 18. They've secured their playoff berth with only four losses. Um, there isn't going to be any ground to gain or to lose with, let's just say, the way the, the playoff tree is set up in terms of standings. Got it. Um, I, I think Jacoby Brissett gets some time in Week 18. I, I don't think Brian Flores is into the whole sitting like uh, starters for a whole game. However, um, I do think Miami ends the season with three straight losses, but it's not the type of three straight losses where you're like, uh oh, what's what's happening? I just think that the Week 18 lost to the Patriots is going to be a little bit about Miami's headspace looking on to um, their first playoff berth under Brian Flores. So, yeah, I got them at 12 and 5. Gotcha. And I think going into week, week 18, I think they will will need to win to secure a playoff berth for certain. I think they they could get in at 10 and 7, but I don't think that they would want to be in that position. Um, but I believe that New England goes to Miami. New England starts and closes the season. And I believe that New England comes into week 18 in Miami, and I think the opposite occurs. I think New England is going to be out of the playoff picture at that point in time, and Bill Belichick will want to see what Mac Jones has at that point in time, and I think that Miami gives the home crowd the wonderful playoff berth that they have deserved in week 18 with a victory over New with victory over New England in week 18 at home. So um so I guess before we wrap up on the schedule a couple things I want to point out. We're Dolphins fans and we're mm-hmm. used to December's going a certain way and we're used mm-hmm. to we're used to even usually being in the hunt at least a decent amount into December, um, regardless of whether we make the playoffs, which most of the time is we don't make the playoffs, but we're usually still in it around there. And I think it's just kind of uh, a little bit of PTSD, just naturally ingrained in the fan base um, that even like even when I 
I listened to you and how you have Miami finishing with their their um, their record. I don't. I almost feel like subconsciously you have it that way because it just sounds like how it's supposed to go for Miami. However, Brian Flores won five games his first year when he had no business. Last year they had just a slaughterhouse of a schedule um, on the back nine there. And they finished 10 and six with a win in your in game. So isn't it logical that a guy like Brian Flores in an improved offense and a second year quarterback in Tua has the fifth easiest schedule? Wouldn't you expect them to improve? Um, not thinking about Dolphins regimes of yesteryear but like it's almost you can't really logically explain why they wouldn't be better than 10 and 6 or 11 and 6 um, when they had a, a hell of a schedule last year and now it's like the best schedule we've seen and I can't even remember how long so I think it's just time to trust the Dolphins. I, I, and the one subject I wanted to, to touch on in this week's episode before, uh, besides the schedule was um, I wanted to touch on Brian Flores' statements to Peter King on how the rebuild is, is over. Um, this is your Miami Dolphins foundation. Um, this is how Brian Flores expects the team to look as, as a majority. Um, and I don't think that really has sunk in fully with me yet, but um, I think we're supposed to look at this Miami Dolphins team as this will be the group that either gets to the Super Bowl or, or doesn't. And you're going to have your, your minor tweaks, um, you know, over the next few years. Um, but the draft isn't going to be about what it's been about. It's not about setting up our foundation. It's about um, replacing, you know, guys who, who we lose because of contracts or getting depth like you saw the Bills do. Um, this is this is the Miami Dolphins and, and Brian Flores, and I, I never expected to, to see that. Uh, the rebuild's done, so isn't it time to – this is the year. Um, a lot of people are considering this kind of the year two of the rebuilds, um, which I – I guess I, I I just don't think it is like I guess Brian Flores' first real offseason to improve was after year one, but mm-hmm. no, this is year three. Uh, in this, this is about the amount of time I was willing to give them to, to field a, 
a playoff caliber roster. So it, it, it's it's time. This is it, the team. It is logical. It, it is logical they should make another decent-sized jump with what we've seen. And I agree that moving forward, this is the modus operandi for the Dolphins. This is how they're just going to do business. But like you have said, you got to show me, and I want to see it. You got to prove that you you got to you got to prove you belong there. And I think this is a year to do it. Haven't they right? I, I, not yet. Not for me. Um, Once they no, make the playoffs, then they we didn't can talk make about the that. playoffs. But didn't I, I think I think they've proven to me that they belong in the top twelve to fifteen teams, and that they they can hang in that group. Um, I I'll, I'll never be able to understand what happened week seventeen in Buffalo. Um, I, I don't know if Brian Flores just didn't have them prepared. I just, I just, it was very un Brian Flores regime like, um, just the entire way that that game went down. But, um, I think Miami has cemented itself among, um, the playoff caliber, I, I would say playoff expected teams have it even though they did they didn't quite make it um i think they're one of the six best teams in the in the afc for sure um however i do want to ask you before we say goodbye how do you feel about this being the finished product so to speak I don't. I understand what he says when he says that the rebuild is over. Um, I don't think the finished product is here yet. And the finished product happens when we see what really Tua can do. Once we know what Tua is for sure, and we can debate about it, and we'll debate about it all through the season, then we'll know if this is the finished product or not. I understand what Flores says. I trust him moving forward. And I do believe the rebuild is over. But now the finished product is coming because the youth has to develop. And we'll see moving forward. I hope you're right as far as the logical um, progression of this team. Yeah, and I picked up on one subtle hint. Um, and I may, I may be full of shit, but, but um, one of those things where Brian Flores says something and it kind of goes over the fan bases and analysts' heads. Um, when he says, you know, this is your Miami Dolphins going forward. This is your team. This is the foundation. And you know what that tells me about guys like um, – Guys that have been really heavily speculated on, um, like Xavier Howard, like uh, even potentially Mike Gesicki. Um I think if you really look at Brian Flores and the way he operates and how he says things, 
Um, I'm not convinced that they ever had any thoughts of trading Xavier and Howard. Um, I, I think the closest thing I see to reality is what you said weeks ago where um, he's there and Byron Jones is there and some of these guys are there to get them to where they need to be for that initial welcome to the the NFL powerhouse. Then, you know, you, you have your young guys take over, uh, maybe 2023. Um, and I also believe if Mike Gesicki wasn't fully going to be in the plans, um, unless they're looking for a compensatory pick, I think they could have gotten quite the haul for him because for, for some reason, Dolphins fans don't value him the way I, I think the, the rest of the NFL does. Uh, I think, you know, him and Tua's chemistry is wildly overrated. Um, I, I, there was games where they, I mean, look at that Chiefs game. They, they connected beautifully. Yes. Um, multiple times in that game. Uh, I'm not sure that that Mike Kosicki is going to be a, a guy they let go. Um, I think at the very least he gets franchise tagged, and I think Miami is done making big moves. Um, obviously, they're one of those teams that will always pick up the phone, but I, I think Greer and Flores are content, happy, satisfied. Um, every little move they have or have not made lines up with, with that ideology that they are they are done. Um, they signed four undrafted free agents. They weren't super aggressive in the draft after the first two rounds. Uh, they weren't aggressive in free agency. They have a team that they believe in. And whether I mean, we can speculate as fans every day till we're blue in the, in the face. Um, but they don't care. I think they truly believe in this group and where it can take them. And uh, now I guess I'm excited to see that, that hopefully happen. This is going to be a big year. It's going to be very, very exciting. It'll be a humongous year. The schedule looks promising. Yep. What, they've, what they've got here. Is, uh, hopefully they can put a bow on this package and we get to open it up right after Christmas. Yeah, and for all, any of you followers, uh, the Finn Maniacs will be having a Twitter Spaces Friday night. Uh, so make sure, uh, I'm sure you guys follow us, and we will we will be getting the time and, and, and everything out there. Uh, it should be a good conversation. 
conversation. Uh, but until next week, uh, thanks for coming. Yes, sir. And Jay will, will, uh, yeah, I will see you next week. Hands up. Yes, indeed.